Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On this episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I had the privilege of chatting with Ruth Simons on the topic of creativity. Now, before I lose you guys that don't think you're creative, know that I too don't consider myself to be creative in the traditional sense of the word. But Ruth and I actually talk about how we can express our creativity through something like the ministry of a coffee date to even something as simple as a handwritten note. For those who aren't familiar with Ruth, she's an artist, writer, entrepreneur, and speaker, and she's the creator of Grace Place, an online art shop, blog, and the popular Instagram community. Ruth and her husband, Troy, live in New Mexico, and they're grateful parents to, get this, you guys, six sons. Definitely their greatest adventure. In our conversation, we talk about how we can actually emulate Jesus's creative pursuit of us in the way that we pursue other people. Listen to what she said. It's not about how beautiful the actual product is. It is that you, your hands actually created something that is the vehicle in which somebody else gets to experience the grace of God. Welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I am just honored to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time. I know it's precious and you have a lot going on right now. You just launched your new book and all the things. Yes, it's, it's a little bit crazy, but thankfully, I really do appreciate having the opportunity to be on podcasts. So thanks for having me. Oh, you did a wonderful job. I just listened to your talk with my friends, Laura and Emily of Risen Motherhood, and it was wonderful. I'm just excited that I get to have time with you today. Oh, it's good to be with you. Ruth is an artist, an author, an entrepreneur, and a speaker, and she is primarily interested in how the gospel intersects daily life. Best thing ever. You walk this out by writing and painting for Grace Laced and by living life with your husband, Troy, and your six boys. Right, right. Could you tell us just a little bit more about who you are and what I've missed? I am a very ordinary 42-year-old mama of six. And um, in the last decade and a half of my life, I've had the privilege of being a pastor's wife. And my husband and I helped to found a classical Christian school in our community. And we've had ministry in various forms. At one time, we thought we would live um, overseas and yeah. be missionaries overseas. And so, you know, there we've gone through different seasons in our family's journey. And there were definitely seasons where I did not use my art and my writing in the way that I'm using it now. And so in the um, in the last 10 years, I just found a great outlet in blogging. And in blogging, it wasn't really, um, it was really for the purpose of working out my salvation through just understanding how God's grace intersects my daily life and that this gospel wasn't this sacred thing I, I dealt with on Sunday, but that yeah. it was applicable Monday through Saturday, every single day of the week, I would really um, want to know, how does this play out in in um, making dinner? How does this play out in counseling a friend? How does this play out in folding laundry? How can I glorify God and see the grace of God alive and manifest in my life um, when I'm doing things that may or may not seem holy, may or not, may not seem fantastically um missions-minded or ministry-minded, right? right? So, um, you know, it's a it's a joy and a privilege to me that um, towards the end of that, the last 10 years of blogging, I had an opportunity to 
share a little bit more of my artwork, which really can't kind of came out of me just using nap times and morning times and evening to those what Jessica Turner would call fringe hours to really get into this language of painting that I enjoy so much. And and at the time, it was really just with a little one on my lap and mm-hmm. um, an opportunity just to linger a little bit longer. I think I've, in my last couple of years, really learned that a lot of things that are worth doing are worth doing slowly and, mm. and that we need to take time. And so I spent so many years wanting to read scripture fast, wanting yeah. to get the nugget out of it and just plug, plug, you know, keep on plugging away at everything I, I was needing to do. And it wasn't much of a savoring process. And so painting really became an opportunity for me to savor and linger long on the word of God and to think about what images would I paint to reflect the beauty of that truth? Um, and so that's really where it began. And, um, and of course, as my story goes, social media um, made it possible for that, that offering of my heart and my hands to enter into lives of many women. And, um, and it really became an opportunity for me to do what comes you know, somewhat naturally for me, right. just to speak the truth of what I'm learning it was it wasn't a marketing ploy it was really just speaking the truth of what i'm learning and um and displaying the the beauty of god's word through through art and through photos and so that's how grace laced instagram took off and um in the last 4 years it's really grown into becoming a bit of a international brand and we we definitely ship and and send my artwork all over the world and um i'm grateful to have the words and the artwork in so many lives. Yes. I have your first Peter verse on my entryway table that has become mm-hmm. like the center of our house. Our house is really tiny. We live in on post housing. My husband's in the military. Mm-hmm. So you've got a little piece right here at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Aww. And that's that's been such an encouragement to me. We had a really mm-hmm. tough year in my family last year and having that verse I'm just right there to look at all the time has just been kind of an Ebenezer of sorts. Mm. So I have truly been blessed by your work and even just blessed by your words right now in saying that, you know, there is such a benefit to lingering on the word of God. And most people that follow me on Instagram will know that I just finished doing something completely opposite. I read through the Bible as fast as I could. Wow. <laughs> per, yes, for the recommendation of a friend of mine who right. suggested doing it so that I can kind of gain a framework for and develop my framework and understanding of the meta narrative of scripture, kind of the big story that weaves its way through absolutely. the text. Absolutely. No, that, that makes absolute sense. And I think that's a wonderful exercise. Yes, but I have missed like lingering on the word. And mm-hmm. I think even that practice, I do feel a little bit hurried. So I'm very excited mm-hmm. to talk with you about the topic of creativity. And obviously mm-hmm. that is going to be so interwoven with the gospel and all things scripture, because that's really what your art is centered around, which is why I love it. And that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast today. So mm-hmm. I'd love to just chat about this topic of creativity, which I know God has uniquely gifted you in, which is exactly why I want to hear from you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that I seek to do in every single podcast is just to tether whatever topic it is that we're talking about back to what we see in scripture. So this is mm-hmm. easy because scripture is the center of what you do anyways. Um, right. But I'd love to hear from you where we see kind of the creativity of God, where we see creativity just in general in the Bible. Can you can you kind of help us um, get a framework for where we see creativity in scripture? Mm. You know, I think we sometimes underestimate how much God chooses to tell us his story and his plan for creation and his plan for his people through the details and through his handiwork. And um, ironically, last night I just posted about this um, as I posted some pink clouds. Yes, I saw that. And just really thinking through the fact that he didn't have to do it that way. He He didn't have to make the sunsets stop us in our tracks and he didn't have to make fragrances that cause us to, you know, our stomachs to, to grumble and, and for us to like yearn for a piece of that pie or whatever it is. Um, he created our senses and, and created the beauty of his creation so that we might experience him in a way that, that we were built for that we, that speaks to us and speaks to our emotions. And, and I think that's something that causes us to realize how kind 
and how merciful God is that it's that he genuinely chooses to meet us and speak to us in the language that makes sense to us. And so, you know, he, he describes his relationship to us as one of father and he describes friendship. He describes things that we understand because he's an infinite God and it would be really hard for us to know an infinite God if it wasn't through our senses and through things that we, we do understand. And so um, I love that the psalmist regularly points to um, Mm -hmm. the beauty of creation, the skies, the mountains, the valleys, the, the, the oceans. And um, and we see that repeatedly. I, I think even in details of creating the temple and mm-hmm. and when we see the way Noah's ark came came together th- those are creative creative projects those were things that weren't just slapped together they were meticulously thought out with with instruction with care even um if we want to start at the beginning even creation and God's work in creating himself the, he he created with intention and with a deliberate sense of process and um and the execution of it wasn't haphazard. And right. I think that that is something that um, help us helps us recognize that it's not about the medium or the amount of time or um, how great the product turns out to be that we're trying to create. Sometimes we think we yeah. dismiss a project if it doesn't turn out exactly the way we want it to turn out. But I think what we see in scripture that is that there's so much to be said of what the intention is in creating, what the intention is, what the process is, what happens as we witness the power of creation. And so I think that helps set the stage for us as um, whether we think of ourselves as creatives or not, we were created to reflect his creativity and we were we were created to reflect his character and in his character is an intentionality and a desire to display his glory through the work of his hands through beauty and and it's natural for us to really long for that and to to find a context for worship when we are standing in the mountains to to stand yeah. at the edge of the stand at the edge of the ocean and feel humbled by it that's because god made us that way Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing. They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. When you say He made us, I'm even thinking about how Scripture says that He created us in His image Mm -hmm. and how you're talking about His character. One aspect of His character is this creativity. I mean, that's the first thing that we see in Scripture is God Mm -hmm. speaking and the world coming to being. And so I'm just curious. I may not identify myself as a creator personally. Like, I am not Mm -hmm. artistic. I look at your work and I'm like, um, no. Like, I need the kind where I get like colored pencils and Mm -hmm. I can like color in the lines. I'm not, Mm -hmm. I don't consider myself a creative person, but I'm curious, do you think we can all reflect the character of God through our own creativity, whether we identify as creatives or not? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, we tend to think we connect the word creative or creativity Mm -hmm. with somebody who can weave or somebody who can paint or somebody who is really wonderful at a creative art form. Right. And yet I think we underestimate how much, um, even in our own handwriting, a handwritten note to somebody is our own unique creativity that nobody else will ever possess. No uh, person in all the world will ever write a letter the way you write it, not in the handwriting, not in the pauses, not in the punctuation, 
not yeah. in the, the the sentence structure. And so if you think about the power of that, that you could construct a letter, send it in the mail, have somebody open it and and have this this note have the essence of how you reflect his glory and how uh, you reflect him. That's kind of powerful. To, yes. to, and that has nothing to do with color or you could have kind of scrawny, scratchy handwriting. It doesn't matter because it's not about how beautiful the actual product is. It is that you, your hands actually created something that is the vehicle in which somebody else gets to experience the grace of God. So oh. it's, it becomes the vehicle, right? Our creativity, creativity is just a vehicle, whether it's that you bake cookies for your children or that you go ahead and dust off a counter so that, so that when you set that, that, um, vase of flowers out, it, it brings joy to the entire room. It, it could be several, several, you know, various things, yes. <laughs> it could be various forms. And, and I'm not doing a great job of thinking of all the ways in which we can do that. But I, I think about my husband, um, who would say, Oh, I'm not artistic. I'm not creative. Yeah. And yet I do think that even the fact that he serves our family and, and goes and mows the lawn and finds great joy in keeping it fresh and beautiful so that his family can go and roll around and, and run Absolutely. around and, and, and wrestle, um, that may not be creative in the sense that, you know, he didn't the traditional go, sense of the word. He did yeah, he didn't go cut a pattern out of the, <laughs> the lawn and write some word on his you know, it's yeah. creative in that kind of go for the golf Pinterest, course image. Interesting kind of way. <laughs> but it's that the work of his hands yeah. was became a vehicle in which others can see, feel, hear, taste, experience God's goodness through his contribution. And I think that that is creativity. I think that is, um, nobody will ever do any, nobody will ever have a conversation, um, as, or, or create anything in the way that you and I will, yeah. you know, that the way we say it, the way we do it. Um, I'm sitting here talking to you and I, I know we're not on video, but I'm laughing at the fact that you can't see me, but I'm sitting here talking with my hands. Like yes, I'm, I'm talking yes. to you and my hands are going around and this is just <laughs> one of those roof traits. You know, I, yes. I wish I could sit on my hands and not be so goofy about the way my hands move, but it's just part of the way I express myself. And so that may not seem like a creative expression, but it is me. It, it is. is the way I express myself and, and someone um, else will resonate with that. And, and that's how our yeah. creativity ends up reflecting him. Yes. Well, I have to go back to the Troy example because, yeah. you know, I watch him on Instagram a lot. One of my favorite things that you oh, do is mm -hmm. capturing those conversations that he has right. with your boys. Right. And I'm like, that's creativity where you're taking right. a situation that just organically happens right. in the context of everyday life. And you right. frame a story that can engage right. people of all ages. I mean, your youngest that is Gift. Yeah, yep. that is it's amazing. His gift, you know, Troy sitting there the other day, and I think I videoed this, but it was a little hard to hear. But he was describing, you know, he was using an example that all the boys can understand. He was talking about driving a car, huh. and that if his eyes are constantly looking off to the side, then the car's not going to keep going in the right direction. You know, yeah. he was describing this, and you know, he didn't plan out a speech. It wasn't something that he thought for a long time. He's just creative that way that in the moment he's a teacher at heart. Yeah. And so in the moment he was able to pull out this example, I'm really not as good with that as he is. And so it makes me realize like he can't put a brush to paper with a bunch of paint on it and make it look like anything, but he can yeah. paint a picture in our boy's mind uh -huh. with his words, like, nobody, like nobody's business. Like he can make this picture come alive in their minds. And so that is creativity. I'm so glad you mentioned that. That's so wonderful. Example. Please keep doing those because, you know, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to record conversations with women who love Jesus, mm -hmm. who have walked mm -hmm. kind of before us or alongside us in our journeys mm -hmm. to glorify God, because we have so much to learn from one another. And when I look at those conversations with Troy, it, you know, the Lord uses that in my heart and in my mind to think mm. where are there opportunities throughout my day right. with my girls, I have right. a two and a one-year-old, um, that I could just be having organic conversations about the gospel. And honestly, exactly. those things don't come supernaturally to me as well. They do come supernaturally, not mm -hmm. very mm -hmm. naturally. Yep, exactly. And, um, you know, I think seeing someone else do that encourages right. me to kind of 
um, develop in that area. Um, and, And so I'm just really grateful for that. And I think that's kind of my hope for this conversation today Mm -hmm. is that you would help us see what does it look like for us to use these creative aspects of our being, these expressions of our creativity Mm -hmm. as a means Mm -hmm. by which to actually communicate the good news of what Mm -hmm. God has done for us through Mm -hmm. the person of his son, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know, and that's the very reason why I do post those. I, I don't post the videos of us talking with our kids because there's a formula to it or that everybody needs to be just like us, but rather in the same way that, you know, home deck, you know, women or DIY women will go on Pinterest and pull up a bunch of inspiration and go, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that I could do this one thing and my Ikea couch can become like this or, you know, there's Ikea hacks and DIYs and in the same way that you can see like how everyday objects can become really wonderful through a Pinterest tutorial I think I'm, my desire is for us to see that everyday context of nature and of our homes and of our relationships are the everyday context in which we can actually express the grace of God mm-hmm. and inspire one another to worship yes. great, greater, just in the everyday, right? Just in the normal moments of our lives. And so those conversations that Troy and I have with our kids are not perfect. Oftentimes, you know, somebody will be rolling around on the ground and, um, <laughs> you know, and sometimes they get it and sometimes they don't. And yeah. Sometimes it means that three hours later we're driving along and, and Troy will say, do you remember what I mentioned this morning? This is the perfect example of what I mean by that. Yeah. And so it just means that we take, we just, we just come and go with that, um, yeah. that expression and that desire to see him more. And it's the intentionality piece too, that you were even saying in the whole, in all of creation, there's this intention, this intentional thread. And I think that's what I see you guys doing really well. Well, we sure desire to, and we are a work in progress. (laughs) The grace is an umbrella over all things. So for sure. What do you think it would look like for us to use our creativity as a means by which to share the gospel? Hmm. I think Again, it's in the same, you know, we emulate the way the Lord pursues and reaches us. I think there is, um, he, he pursues us by speaking in ways that we understand. So we are able to understand a relationship with a parent. We are, we are able to experience the grandeur of a sunset. We are able to see the details in a flower. And I think when we're creative and we are, image bearers and we show our creativity, whether through art forms like song, dance, mm-hmm. visual arts, or if, if it's in more um, subtle manners like conversation or um, creating a podcast, creating a podcast or going on a walk with mm-hmm. a friend and knowing and being creative about how to draw out in yes. their friend what's going on in her life. That is creativity, right? Yeah. That is really creative. And no one should underest- underestimate the ministry of a coffee date, right? Yeah. That is a ministry and that's a creative process to go and meet somebody for coffee and not sit around and talk about nothing or talk about yourself only it is creative mm-hmm. to draw that out in somebody else but i think we can we can emulate um the way we're pursued by our our savior mm. by pursuing others with our creativity how do we woo somebody to the goodness of the gospel by showing kindness by being by by displaying beauty in a way that maybe they don't see easily in the world. And so is it possible that our artwork could be less about us and more about the glory of God? Could it be that our song and our dance can can express something bigger than I'm just trying to create a hit or I'm just trying to draw attention right. to myself? Is it possible that our conversation, our creative conversation can ultimately point to someone who has the answers and not just me, myself, in my opinion. And so I think in every way, our creativity can ultimately reflect something and someone way bigger than ourselves. That's the biggest change I think that's come in me in the last several decades Mm. is that, you know, um, when I was younger, before I was married and when I was first falling in love with art um, in a more substantial way, I think it really was about me and I really wanted to um, experience self-discovery and then cause others to know more about who I am. Yeah. And the difference is now I feel like my artwork, my words and my brush are 
but a vehicle, a vessel for the greater beauty, the greater message. And so then it frees me up a little bit more to simply just point to him and not to myself constantly. I don't have to constantly worry about whether this this creation or this work is perfectly me or perfectly the way I need somebody else to see me. Um, it's really about how they can experience the grace of God. When might we see ourselves kind of misappropriating our creativity and using it for our glory or to self-promote, as you mentioned, instead of using it to point people to God? Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's, we're, we're sinful. We are sinful and our natural bent will always be yeah. self-preservation, oh my self-promotion, self, self, self. And our pride will always be that number one thing that drives us. And I think in the same way as like, um, if any of your audience are mothers, I would just say, yeah. you know, as moms, you don't arrive, you don't just wake up one day and say, I don't have a sinful attitude today about my motherhood. I, mm. I simply do everything selflessly. No, like usually by 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm already saying, kids, I'm sorry. <laughs> Please forgive me. Sorry, I kind of yes. had such a crazy, stressful attitude this morning. I shouldn't have woken up and barked out orders first thing in the morning, right? <laughs> by 10 a.m., I'm already saying that. They're, they're constant adjustments, yes. right? So in the same way, I would say as creatives – when we are creating whatever that is, and of course we've defined it early on that it's not just about painting or dancing or, you know, but whatever it is that you are desiring to emulate and express the grace of God through the work of your hands, it will be tainted every, every other moment. There will be regularly a desire to promote yourself. There will be a regular desire to be me first, me first, look at me. I'm better than someone else. I'm I'm more special than someone else. Look at me, you know, buy my stuff. There will always be that Mm. desire in our hearts. And I don't think we can arrive at not being that way. We can only constantly say, I'm realigning my heart, Lord, because this is not, this is not my ultimate purpose. And this is not who I want you to want, uh, want to be. Yeah. Sanctify me through this process of dying to self and increasing in my knowledge and praise of the Lord. And and so in the same way as in our motherhood, mm-hmm. we might have to ask for forgiveness at 10 a.m. And then again at one o'clock or <laughs> yeah. at three o'clock, we yeah. say time out. I'm putting myself in a timeout. You know, we, <laughs> we do that all day long in the same way as creatives, whether you own a business yes. or not, whether you're on social media or not. Maybe it means that you're at a coffee date and you think to yourself, wow, I've, I spent a lot of time kind of trying to make myself look like I've got it together adjust, adjust the way I think and say, God will be most glorified in this conversation if I humble myself and be more vulnerable, right? Maybe that's the adjustment. And so I definitely think that there's every opportunity to self-aggrandize. There's every opportunity to make yourself great because we um, are idolaters and we will make idols of our own creation and we will make idols of our own creativity, left up to ourselves. And so it is about constantly realigning and asking the Lord just to sanctify us, even in the process of creating. Yeah. You know, I hate that about myself, but then I have grown, particularly Mm -hmm. in motherhood, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. to love it because it is something that I cannot wait to be over just this process of me, like (laughs) (laughs) idolatry. And yet I see how on this side of heaven, the Lord uses these opportunities of just making us aware of our need for him right? and takes those opportunities and turns them into really an opportunity for us to share what exactly is going on through this process of looking away from ourselves and looking to Jesus just right. in the active practice of repentance, you know, right. turning away from our sin, looking to God and just embracing the humility of right. verbalizing that process, whether it be to our kids or to our friend on the coffee date saying like, right. you know, I noticed I just talked a lot about myself and that was not mm-hmm. my intention. And right. will you forgive me? I'd really like to reschedule and let's right. just do this all over again. Can you, right. can you extend that grace to me? Right. Um, and I hate it. It's such a humbling reality. And and I hate that because I want to be, <laughs> I want to be perfect. I read that right. you consider yourself a recovering perfectionist and I was like, oh, I can identify with that. <laughs> well, you know, I think that for most of my life, I've 
thought that I had to, I had nothing to offer until I become an expert. So yeah. I think we, we operate yeah. on thinking like, well, once I arrive at holiness mm-hmm. or more skill, perfect theology, or more, or more years, or yes. I've read more books, or I've faithfully read yes. through my Bible in a year, or I take a few <laughs> classes in this art form that I wanted. We think yeah. once I get better, once I get better, I'm going to have more to offer and yes. I'm going to have more to say. But the reality is what we see in all of scripture is that God uses people right where they are, surrender to him, and he writes their stories for all mm-hmm. to see right then and there. Meaning we we don't it's it, we don't get the we don't get to receive all the glory for turning into turning ourselves <laughs> into the perfect form of who we want to be it's before so we true. before we get to proclaim him. He wants the broken vessel that he can put together and, and showcase for his glory. And so if that means that I'm just using the example of maybe that means I, I paint a few things that I don't think are my best. That's okay. What if the Lord uses that anyway? What if it means that you, you attempt to fix meals when you're really not good at cooking, but you know (laughs) that this kind of learning and growing in that is a creative way in which you can bless your family no, don't wait until you take classes in cooking. Just begin. Start somewhere. Maybe it means that you are not consistent with family devotions with your family. Mm-hmm. Well, we can all raise our hands with that. Like none of us are perfect at that. But start somewhere. Start in the car. Start on your drive to soccer practice. Begin somewhere where you simply say, I am a work in progress. And the way the Lord created me um, is for for me to exemplify him in and through these little, these little nuances of yeah. growth. You know, it's not, totally. not going to happen when I arrive at, at perfection, which is not going to happen on this side of heaven. I think especially in seasons that are inconvenient, you know, oh, like sure. motherhood right. or when you're in right. school or whatever, we believe this lie that, okay, once we're done with this, then we can get to this in the capacity that we think we need (laughs) to practice it, to do it well. How do you kind of protect time to express your creativity in whatever facet? I'm not just talking Mm -hmm. about painting, like we've said, when you're in just a crazy season. Mm -hmm. I think you have to pick and choose. You you can't do it all. Yeah. And you shouldn't. And um, I think we tend to, I don't know if any other woman is like this out there. I, I'm assuming so. But we tend to be all or nothing. Kind of like, I if totally I can't am. do it all well, I'm not going to do any of it. Yeah. So therefore, no home-cooked meals. No spending time. Um, <laughs> no no reading my Bible because yeah, I can't no, do inductive. Right. I, I, I can't do it perfectly. So I can't pull out the colored pencils while I'm reading my Bible. So forget it. You know, or, you know, no working out. Never mind. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And I am so guilty of that. And I think what I've learned is that, um, God doesn't hurry, but in my fallen nature, I do hurry. I hurry. I stress. I, I get chaotic. I get crazy. Last night, I, um, in the midst of, um, a lot of pressures, deadlines today for a manuscript, things going on, um, files, large files needing to be sent, Wi-Fi breaking down. I had a little bit of a meltdown. I had a meltdown at like dinner time where all the kids got to see me like cry these like sixth grade tears. of Aww. like, I can't, I can't handle it. <laughs> and so we're all crazy and hurried. And yet Aww. here's the thing that it means that in the chaos, maybe you're not creative in cooking and painting and decorating yeah. your house and sewing and dressing your kids and decorating their rooms. No, we don't need to do all of that. It's only stressful when we think we failed on everything. Yeah. But what if it means that in every season we choose one thing? We say, we say, okay, um, you know who I got to talk to a couple of weeks ago at if was Jill Briscoe. Oh yeah. And yeah. um, she. Oh, I, I'm going to butcher this paraphrase, but I'm going to I'm going to steal this and tell you about it. Tell you and your audience about it. But she said that even for her, there's always been a strain of knowing. Um, when I should invest in my own family and when I should invest in my ministry family, when I should do this one thing and when should I do something else. Right. And I love that the picture I'm paraphrasing it, but I'm, I love that the picture that she paints is that it's not that you throw away one thing or that you say, this is not important anymore. It's all about what comes to the forefront and what goes to the background. Yeah. And you just keep shifting those things every day, every day you shift it. And so 
there's no shame in saying today mama is putting in a full day of work. I've got to paint and scan and edit and I've got to write. I will not be very available to read you books today. Mm-hmm. But that shifts maybe tomorrow. That shifts maybe next week. It's, it's that we shift back and forth. And I think sometimes mom guilt makes it so that we're like, I haven't cooked a really beautiful meal in three weeks. I'm the worst mom ever. Yeah, we think we need to do it every day. Right. But I think that our creative, we're, we're built so that we get to, we get to reflect his glory in various ways. It's not just a one way yeah. um, direction all the time. And so maybe it means that you're a photographer that has to lay down your camera for a certain season. But then as your baby is no longer climbing and crawling on you constantly, you pick it up again. Yeah. And maybe it means that right now you can only, you know, do half, um, you know, Trader Joe's meals that are like half done for you. That's okay. Be creative about it by putting it on a plate and enjoying it together and, and talking to your family about a different season right. in which you're going to try new recipes, you know? Yeah. yeah. But yet going back to your question, I think we guard and protect it by saying in a 24 hour day, mm-hmm. every day, the Lord has not called us to things that can't be accomplished. He, he, he didn't set yeah. us up so that 24 hours is never enough for what he's called us to. So if we feel like we're never, we have never enough time, then it's possible that some of the things that we've included in our 24 hours aren't supposed to be there as the forefront and the priorities. Right. And so if it means that your house can't look Pinterest perfect, then maybe that's just not part of that 24 hours that should be such on such a high um, place in your priority list. Yeah. And so for me, I guard some of that time by just choosing, by choosing what that looks like. So for me, it looks like going walk on walks with my kids or going on those off-roading rides that we yeah. talk about a lot. Four-wheeling adventures. Right. And the reason why we do that is because in that drive are opportunities to talk that we wouldn't have if we were all in our rooms running around doing the things that we're supposed to be doing. We focus this time we're off signal. We're, we have no cell service. And we just talk. And yeah. We're just together. We take in God's beauty. So that's that's a choice I make. Not everybody's going to choose that activity. Some people right. might choose that they, as a family, want to go to the gym together. Maybe some people decide every day they're going to carve out a certain amount of time to paint. And you know what? I would say if that's something you would love to do, invite your kids. If it's kids that feel like standing in your way, set the table up so that everybody has a paint palette. And oftentimes we just put on something like Chronicles of Narnia or Lamplighter audiobook or something that captures our attention and our imagination. And so that is a time where we're not having a conversation because I need to focus. Right. And so we make choices. And I think that guarding is oftentimes equivalent to prioritizing. It's not that we guard as in we're possessive, like I have this, this is my time but rather we say, okay, I'm going to make some adjustments and prioritize certain things. So if I prioritize this, be assured that some, something else will fall yeah. to the background. And that's just the coming and going of, of our adjustments. And, and maybe we need to just get better about seeing that as, as, as acceptable, that yeah. it's acceptable to adjust. And it's not that you make one choice today and you can never adjust it tomorrow. I really appreciate that. You know, our mutual friend, Diane Jago, Mm -hmm. she and I were talking about this. We talked about pursuing passions Mm -hmm. and what that looks like in the context of motherhood. And Mm -hmm. she talked about the ebb and flow and kind of the Mm -hmm. seasons of Deeply Rooted Magazine, which she's written for. And I really appreciated that because my mind, I am one of those people that segments. And Mm -hmm. so I I get these routines and I struggle with flexibility. I asked my husband this year, what are some things that I could grow in? And I got back some great ones. Flexibility was on the list. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I'm really thankful. I'm so proud of you for asking. It's a really great discipline. I would encourage. I've mentioned it before on the show, but I've mentioned other words that I've had to grow in. But I'm thankful for that. And I, I really appreciate that my husband's willing to speak into my life in a truthful and honest way, despite my response sometimes. Right. Flexibility is not my strong suit is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And so I really, I appreciate that encouragement just to kind of go with the ebb and flow and to flex with the seasons, which is really what right. your new book is about, right? Right. I've chosen to make the seasons really metaphors because I think we all understand, we can all grasp that there are seasons of 
you know, the little years when all you're doing is changing diapers. There are seasons when you're an empty nester. Yeah. And then there are seasons when you're caring for an elderly parent or an ill parent. And we understand those kinds of seasons, but sometimes we wrestle more with the fact that our spiritual journey can go in seasons as well, that it's not linear. It's not just that, you know, we grow and therefore, you know, I've, I've, I've memorized 20 verses and now <laughs> I won't struggle in those areas anymore. I'm I will constantly ahead. be in a state of flourishing. It does. It doesn't happen that way. No. It, even for the most seasoned and the most biblically minded older women still will wrestle with doubt, still will wrestle mm. with fear, still will wrestle in seasons of loss, still will wonder why they've invested so much at a certain time and they're not seeing the fruit of that. Yeah. And so the reality is it is not a linear journey. And I think we tend to think that we are trying to go from point A to point Z yeah. without ever having to wind around. We right. think it's linear and we think that, oh, if I if I missed my Bible reading plan today, then I've gone off track. I need to go back on the linear track. It's not linear. In fact, that's why we walk with him, why his word is a lamp to our feet. It's one step at a time. And so the book is set up in a way where it could have been much longer with many, many more chapters. And yet it it boils down to the four ways in which corresponding with these seasons as metaphors in which we can rest in his character and rehearse the truth of who we are in Christ and respond in faith and then remember his provisions when, when we to be weary. And when we feel like we are back around at that point of needing to rest. And so it is cyclical and it, it's meant to be 32 truths that we genuinely need to rehearse and re- preach to ourselves throughout our seasons of life. And so um, they're not comprehensive. There are way more truths that I would need to preach to myself, but those are eight truths of his character, eight truths of our identity in Christ, eight ways in which we can respond in faith, and eight truths of how he provides for us. Ruth, this is just so good. I like need to write this somewhere. Rest, rehearse, mm-hmm. respond, and remember. For those of us who struggle with thinking that we should always be a certain way, and really this is like the perfectionist mm-hmm. at heart, what we were talking about earlier. Right. Those are just four great things to try and just kind of draw ourselves back to, mm-hmm. to truth. But for somebody who does or has struggled with perfectionism, like mm-hmm. how have you grown in navigating through these seasons that are seemingly mm-hmm. less desirable, like the winter or the fall where you right. feel like you're dying or where you feel like right. you're already kind of dead? Exactly. You know, I think because as artists or perfectionists, sometimes we look to the fruit. We look to the growth, the blooms that I've always struggled with that. I've always thought, this painting is only worth it if the end result is spectacular. And I and when I was little, I would rip up um, anything that didn't start off right. So if I didn't start it off right, it would be ripped up and thrown in the trash. Yes, I do that with journals. Right? You know, my very first blog post, this is going to be funny to admit here, but my very first blog post 10 years ago on Grace Laced literally was, I think it was called Pretty Journal Issues. And I basically wrote about how I don't know how to start any new journal because I'm such a perfectionist that yeah. I don't know how to start the first page. Yes. It was the first page of my blog. And so that was where the whole blog started. And I, it's amazing because I think the Lord's broken me of this by causing me to see how much the, the good stuff actually happens in the process that I don't want to have to go through. And so um, (laughs) some of that I didn't really ask for. And I mean, a lot of the lessons learned that caused Grace Lace, the book to come about have happened against my will. I mean, I I haven't wanted those seasons of death and dying and Mm. death to dreams and uh, seemingly no growth on the outside soil. That's hard. I've not wanted times where little buds, that form of my identity are blowing in the wind and Mm -hmm. are threatening to fall off because it's so windy out there. You know, I mean, I've not always wanted those seasons. And yet I think what I've really learned just in, in the last two decades of being married, being adulting my way through life, you know, Um, in the last two decades, I think what I've really just learned is that the sanctification 
that I know I want, the the product, the person that I want to become, that great blossom of a person that I want to be, yeah, is actually literally found in all the pruning and all the tilling and all the yeah. cultivating and all this that I'm not welcoming in all these other seasons. And so the only thing that remains true is the word of God because I, I'm finicky with everything else. Some days I really want to be, um, you know, some, I, I saw seasons where I was like, I love being a stay-at-home mom. And then other seasons where I was like, what? I don't, I feel like this is the most thankless job ever. Yeah. And that comes and goes, those feelings come and go. Even our feelings about whether or not we we understand the word of God, that can come and go as our feelings. But unless we anchor ourselves to the truth and say, these are the truths about who God is, and I can rest in this always, yeah. regardless, regardless, regardless of, of my what's season. going on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And f- from there is when we can believe what he says about who we are. And those are eight truths that are foundational to us knowing why and who he created us to be. And, um, and I say this often, but I really genuinely believe that we cannot obey or respond in faith or serve him or do great things for God, or do scary things, as people love to say these days. We can't do any of those things unless we align ourselves with His character yeah. and the truth of our identity in Christ first. Yeah. And so the, the book is written in those seasons, in that order, not because you can only read it in that order, but because that progression makes sense to me theologically. Just to kind of tie things all together mm-hmm. in regard to creativity, you're kind of hitting on it where you're talking about how knowing the character of God and all of that, we're able to express accurately our creativity with a certain aim or goal, but could you with the aim or goal of glorifying him, but what is it that is the aim of our own creativity? Like what is the goal of expressing creativity? I'd ultimately say that we're all made to worship and so we're going to worship something. Yeah. And out of our worship comes the overflow of our lives in the work of our hands. Yeah. And so if you have one if you have this one life and you have this one 80 years, maybe 100 if the Lord is gracious, whatever your <laughs> lifespan is. Yeah. If you have this one life and you choose and you recognize that you need to lay yourself at the feet of Jesus and you will worship him alone then the more you worship him, the more the outflow and the overflow mm. into your life becomes the declaration of his goodness and grace. Yes. And if that's the one mark I can make with my life, yes. that's, that's enough and that's worthy. And so that ultimately is what it's all about for me is that my greatest creativity, my greatest mark on earth, yeah. my greatest impact through anything I could do with the work of my hands will only be an overflow of what I deem most worthy and greatest with my heart. And so if my heart deems God, my creator, my savior, the most worthy, the most worthy of worship, the only one I can really fix my eyes on, then the overflow will be everything in response and out of the joy of that. And and so I think that's a really great way to be inspired yes. to creativity rather than looking left and right and constantly at new trends and fads and keep our eyes on Jesus, keep our eyes on Jesus because he's made us infinitely creative because he's infinitely creative. We are not bound to materials or time or skill. We're only bound to who he's made us to be yes. in the light of him. Yes. And so the more you know your creator, the more he opens up what he's who he's created you to be. And that's really freeing. That's yep. really freeing. Yep. And you can creatively express who your creators mm-hmm. made you to be. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I love it. The essence of identity. So good. Mm-hmm. Well, what kind of resources do you have that you would recommend to somebody who's just wanting to develop in their creativity? And this could be something mm-hmm. really practical as far as creatively or like from an artist perspective, or it could even just be in growing in theology, as you mentioned, so that we might more accurately know our creator God. Mm -hmm. So I have a couple of different thoughts that are a little random, but first of all, I would just say my favorite way to grow in thinking and responding more creatively is actually to look beyond my immediate art form or interests. So Mm. meaning I love 
visual arts. I love things that are beautiful. I love to paint and decorate and um, I love fashion. I love all Mm -hmm. these things that are like for my eyes to see and coordinate and put together beautifully. But sometimes the greatest inspiration is actually to go fishing with my boys because Mm. I see colors and experience sounds and textures and things that I never would have before. So, so fishing is not my art form. Fishing and, (laughs) and, you know, going, I'm not, I don't enjoy fishing. I'm not like dying to get out there and sit kind of, you know, in the sun or in the shade with mosquitoes, like none of that, but enjoy somebody else's art form does a lot for me and going to see an opera that is maybe not my number one thing really does enlarge my heart to like experience other ways in which creativity is found so so that would be one resource and that's a little bit general would just be would just be to experience something that Mm -hmm. is out of the norm for you so if you're not into culinary arts go take a class go experience somebody else um teaching you why it's so interesting to beat your eggs a certain way you know like it's fascinating um in terms of like books i would say um my friends, um, Wendy Speak and Kelly Stewart wrote a book called Life Creative, Ooh. and it's about the Renaissance mom. And I'm actually in one of the chapters. Okay, great. And they really just profile, and you know, it's 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 a it's a more narrow look at a certain way women have included time in their lives. It, it's it's some of the women that you would know currently in um, blogging and in creative arts. It's not a scope of all the women who are out there. It's Christian women who have chosen to find time in their motherhood journey to cool. for creative things. And so that book is, is one I would recommend. Jessica Turner wrote a book called Fringe Hours about finding mm. space and time for that. Um, but also I do think books like the pursuit of God and yes. really being able to focus your mind yes, on I love that book. who God is like that is kind of incredible how our theology will build our creativity because yeah. everything comes out of what we believe. Right? Totally. Our, our methods, our practice, everything flows out of what we believe about who God is and who we are. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would recommend that as well. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, one other book I'll just say, and I, and I say this so often that I, I know that anyone who's ever listened to anything I've ever written or spoken about will recognize this as one of my favorites, but Elise Fitzpatrick wrote a book years ago. Um, it's one of her earlier books called because he loves me. I love that book. And it, it really did change my life. I think, yeah. you know, I had been walking with the Lord for many years. I, I did not make the connection that the grace of God is the love of Christ and that it's personal and that it can fuel everything I say or do or think. Yep. And um, I think I really thought of the grace of God in connection with justification. That one isolated event. But I didn't always connect it with the way in which my understanding his love for me would cause always that the grace of God can flourish in my life for me to die to sin and live unto him is not a process that happens outside of understanding his great love for me. And so I do think that in a roundabout way, like understanding that theology makes it possible for you to respond in a way that's free and not works-based. Yeah, totally. And our creativity even finds its freedom in that. Well, even as you were saying with Tozer's uh, The Pursuit Mm -hmm. of... God, mm-hmm. where he's talking about the mm-hmm. sacred and the secular. And I've heard you talk yes. about that before, yeah. that there's no mm-hmm. distinction between the two right. and that it's all right. interwoven. Right. Again, I think that just tethers back to our topic of creativity and how mm-hmm. creative is our God, that this whole process is interwoven and that the right. fabric and the tapestry of the way in which we see the gospel portrayed in our life is so um, intricate. It's not mm-hmm. just this one like mm-hmm. facet of you know, accepting Jesus Christ as mm-hmm. Lord, repenting, and then, you know, moving forward thereafter. Mm-hmm. But it's like an everyday process, exactly what you're talking about. And goodness gracious, doesn't it just cause you to worship? I'm <laughs> like, thank oh, you, God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, okay. One of the questions that I ask every guest is, what are your three simple joys? And from doing my homework, I think chips and salsa might be on your list. Am I right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> but I'd love to hear three more of your simple joys, Ruth. Uh, I always say that I've been a 
boy mom converted to loving the great outdoors. I am Mm. a city girl. I'm a city girl through and through and always thought that I would be in some lot somewhere in the city. And um, the boys have caused me to enjoy dirt underneath my nails and to take the car to places that maybe cars shouldn't go. And so um, one of my simple joys is really a good drive with my family. You went on some good ones for your birthday weekend recently. We sure did. We sure did. Those are gorgeous. It's amazing how a simple joy like that can do such impacting work on our souls because I don't think we, um, we underestimate how much we need to be unplugged um, from data, from cellular, from everything, from the internet and, um, and to have time. Um, I, I still think the simple joy of conversation is so, so, um, under, underutilized and underestimated. Yes. I mean, it's amazing what time allows yeah. Um, in terms of conversation, you know, taking the headphones off and everybody just sitting around until something comes to mind and then we share it with one another and talk mm, about it. I love that. So that's a simple joy for sure. Very cool. Well, you're really encouraging me just to kind of, I don't know, take a slower pace, Ruth. Like mm-hmm. I often feel like I am really hurried because I'm in a season where I have a two and a one year old. Mm-hmm. So you feel like you just have to kind of cram pack things mm-hmm. into these little segments of time right. that I, I right. don't have a whole lot of, or I don't feel like mm-hmm. I have a lot of. And so mm-hmm. I really appreciate that encouragement, even your encouragement on the podcast with Laura and Emily, just to embrace the process that God mm-hmm. has us on of sanctification mm-hmm. and just saying, mm-hmm. There's a lot to be said for having walked with Jesus, you know, for four, I don't know when you became a believer, but you're 42 right. now versus mm-hmm. my 29. So right. you make right. me excited to keep, Aww. keep walking this journey out. And I would really love to hear from you who it is that's had the biggest influence on your own journey over the past 42 years, your mm-hmm. own walk with the Lord. You know, that's certainly a hard one because I can think of lots and lots yes. of folks at different seasons. Yeah. I don't mean to be cliche, but I'll say number one on my list is my husband. Yeah. Um, I, the reason why I have a hashtag preaching to my own heart is because there was a time Mm. when I didn't really know why, but I didn't want to live and I don't know Mm. why, but I was down all the time and, and I was struggling with depression and I was struggling with confusion and I was struggling with identity because I was a perfectionist, <laughs> you know, because I, I mean, basically I was brought into being a wife and a mother and a pastor's wife and nothing was ever good enough. Nothing was ever the way I wanted it to be. Huh. And he literally taught me how to preach to myself. He, he really brought me into the understanding that we can apply the scriptures back to our own lives. And, and both of us at the time were, um, beginning to get a better understanding of biblical counseling. And so certainly mm-hmm. he's made such an impact on my life in that he is, um, the opposite of me. He is slow to speak, quick mm-hmm. to listen. <laughs> you can tell that when you watch him too. Oh, he is. He, and I, sometimes I'm like, could you just hurry up? <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what my husband is. Oh my goodness. And he's slow to speak, quick to listen. He is certainly always learning. He's a lifelong learner. Yeah. And so he's constantly, constantly reading and pushing me. And um, he's not currently serving as a teaching pastor, not currently in a leadership position, ministry-wise, any other way, but in our home and yeah. in our community of relationships. And yet he is constantly, constantly growing in his theology and in his understanding of how to apply God's word to our lives. And so he is at the foremost encouragement in my life for sure. Um, I would also say, you know, Elise Fitzpatrick early on, and I've only more recently, I've only more recently met her and become, you know, real life friends um, in the last several years. But um, early on as a young pastor's wife who um, felt like most of the time people were just looking for how I would perform, Mm -hmm. um, Elise came in with writing that taught me to not look at my performance, but look at whether or not I really understood the grace of God and what it, what it purchased for me and how I can rest in, um, what grace itself accomplishes in my life. And so, um, I owe a lot to those early days of reading, um, just her heartfelt words about, you know, I love that in, because he loves me, the first entire half of the book is about the gospel and the second half of the book is about applying it. How do you live that out? Yeah. mm -hmm. And so in my life, I've really, um, that whole 
um, indicative imperative thing, the whole like what the Bible says about who you are and then what do you do about it? That yeah. has become um, a really big part it's of the way I think on a daily yeah. basis. Yeah, I can see that in everything that you put out and Ruth, the whole reason I created Journey Women is just to have mm-hmm. invite and welcome people on who have impacted my own journey with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I can say that just watching your life from afar has been such an encouragement to me. And I love that God uses something like social media to do mm-hmm. that. So I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your snippets of your life with us. And mm-hmm. even this hour today, it's just been such a great encouragement to me. I know all the Journey Women listeners are just going to leave inspired to just know, love, and adore our God. So thank you for your faithfulness to him. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me and for encouraging me in my ministry as well. Guys, wasn't that helpful? I hope you think back to this conversation with Ruth as much as I have. I walked away encouraged to get my eyes off myself and other people and to keep looking to and worshiping our Savior, Jesus. Such a good and helpful reminder, especially in the context of creativity. As always, you can find the links to everything that Ruth and I talk about in the show notes at hunterbelis.com. Be sure to connect with me to continue processing this conversation throughout the week over on Instagram or Facebook at Podcast or on Twitter at Pod. I'm so grateful for you guys and for your continued love and support of the Journey Women Podcast. Cannot wait to be with you guys at the same time next Monday. Have a great week.